Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and it is a sad day if you are an Oakland A's fan as uh, Major League Baseball owners vote 30-zip, unanimous vote, to clear the way for them to move to Las Vegas. And this has been an epic failure by the city of Oakland to lose three professional sports teams in such a short period of time. First the Warriors, then the Raiders, and now the A's. What a dark day for the city of Oakland, California. Now, there are still some loopholes as far as it goes to solidifying the stadium uh, issues and everything else before the A's can be playing in Vegas. Their lease at the Coliseum expires at the end of next season. And then it still remains to be seen where they would play until their ballpark, once it is constructed, Um, and opens where they would play between the end of next season and then. So a lot of questions still remain, but uh, the city of Oakland, really a disgrace. There's no other way to say it. Just an absolute disgrace for them to lose all three of their professional uh, franchises. All right. Kings looking very good last night against the Lakers, 125 to 110. Uh, Domantas Sabonis was just unstoppable. Fox did his thing. The Kings put 38 on the board in the first quarter. They never looked back, and they cruised to the victory. Uh, Game two of their six-game trip tomorrow in San Antonio. Heck of a game tonight, and it is a huge game in the AFC North. Baltimore hosting Cincinnati. The Bengals coming off a bad loss at home against Houston. I wouldn't call it a must-win for Cincinnati, but if they lose this game, They have little hope of winning the division because they will be too far back and they will have lost the tiebreaker because the Ravens, if they win tonight, will have won both meetings against the Bengals. The Bengals, to me, got off to that bad start and they've been trying to go uphill ever since. And when you get off to a bad start, it reduces or eliminates your margin of error, such as a game that they had on Sunday at home against Houston. Now, I'm not saying Houston's not a good team, but the Bengals should have won that game, and they did not, all right? And so now they have put themselves on a short week against a very good team, a division rival. This is going to be a tall order for the Cincinnati Bengals. Going to be a tough, tough uh, night. I want to thank all of you who uh, joined us on the various platforms last night. Uh, for the post-game show in particular, uh, we had uh, just about 14,000 people uh, joining us 
on our social media platforms last night and after the game when they were able to go back and watch it or listen to it at their leisure. So uh, thank you very much. We're very happy with those numbers, uh, 14,000 for uh, the post-game show. And we'll be doing it again tomorrow uh, for the Kings uh, and the Spurs. All right, your platform, all right, that means you can raise your hand. You can ask a question whenever you want, and we will get this show rolling. We can talk about anything you want, A's, NFL. You want to talk about the NBA. I am in the minority when it comes to the A's. I do not blame their owner, John Fisher. I blame the fans, okay? I blame the fans, and I blame the city a lot more than I blame John Fisher, okay? You can call uh, Fisher a cheapskate all you want, but here's the reality. You never supported the team, so now you want him to go spend all of his money on a team that you don't support when he put a winning product on the field uh, on, on several occasions and you still didn't show up? No. You know what? And again, I understand Fisher gets a lot of heat. And, I, and I'm not absolving him from all of this. But what I am saying is the fans of Oakland did not support the team, never have supported the team. And, you know, I can blame the owner so much. I can blame the politicians and the mayor so much. But at the end of the day, I blame the fans more than anything. All right. The fans were not there for that franchise, period. All right. Period. And that's just the reality. You know, you can blame the stadium all you want, but before the stadium was an issue, you still didn't go. So I, I don't want to hear about the stadium. I went to an A's game in September, okay? And they were playing the freaking Detroit Tigers, for crying out loud. And, you know, I walked around because I knew it would be, in all likelihood, the last time I was at the Coliseum. You know, I never really thought that the stadium was that bad from a fan's perspective. The atmosphere for that game, despite the fact that there were two bad teams playing, was good. The fans that were there were loud. They were into the game. The A's won that night. And you would have had no idea that the team was a last-place team based on the fan reaction. Your hardcore A's fans are great. Great. You know, I didn't have a problem, you know, finding concession stands that were open and with decent food and variety. Yeah. I, you know, are the bathrooms great? No, the bathrooms are not great. Okay. I, I get that, but I don't go to a baseball game to go to the bathroom. All right. Like I'm not spending a lot of time in the bathroom when I go to a baseball game. So I don't really care. Okay. Like that's not a reason for me to not go to a baseball game because the bathrooms aren't nice. Okay. That's not like entering my mind on my checklist. That's not on my checklist when I decide whether I'm going to go to a game or not. Gee, I'm not going to go to the game because they don't have good bathrooms. Uh-uh. doesn't enter my mind. Again, I understand it's not, you know, Oracle. I understand it's not Safeco. I understand it's not Petco. I get that. But I've never thought the stadium was as bad as everyone makes it out to be. Now, I'm not talking about from a player's perspective with their lack of amenities. I'm talking about from a fan's perspective. All right? That's just my feeling on it. So I blame the fans. And I'm generally very pro-fan. Okay? Very much so. I'm, I can't defend the fans here. I can't. You didn't go to the games. Not just this past year. You haven't been going to the games for decades. All right? What do you expect the owner to do? I've always felt that if an owner 
puts a good product on the field or court and fans don't show up, the owner has a right to look elsewhere. I've always felt if a owner puts a crappy product out on the field, on the court, whatever the case may be, then the owner doesn't have any recourse to move. It's his own fault or her own fault. That didn't happen in Oakland. Their product was good and very good for several years, and fans still did not show up. I can't blame that on the owner. I blame that on the fans. There just aren't enough Oakland fans that are willing to support their team, period. They couldn't get radio deals. They had to beg to get TV deals. I mean, it's just not working. It's a business. And when it's not working, as a business owner, you're obligated to try to make it work. I don't blame John Fisher one bit. Again, I'm not a huge fan of his, but in this particular case, I think he has gotten the raw end of the deal here where fans are piling on him, sell the team. You know what? If John Fisher sold the team today and they kept the team in Oakland, you think anything would change? What would change? What would change? All of a sudden, you're going to start going to the games? No, you're not. You're not going to the games. You've never gone to the games. How are you going to build a stadium in that, in that city? Explain to me how that was going to happen. Roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. So you think that John Fisher selling the team is just going to fix everything? Like you're going to have a new owner come in and spend all of his money to win and you don't show up? No, not happening. All right, again, I want to hear from you. Let me know what you want to talk about. Thursday Night Football, Kings, NBA, anything else going on? Draymond Green's five-game suspension. Warriors playing Oklahoma City tonight. I can see the Warriors going into a big-time tailspin right now without Curry. Klay Thompson's not playing well. No green. What do you think? Hit me up. Kings, unfortunately, playing the Warriors at the wrong time. Two games, two losses. And they have the Warriors waiting for them when they come off this six-game road trip. All right. Again, your turn right now. I've given you plenty of topics to talk about. I need a lead-off person. Who's it going to be? It is going to be Jeff. Jeff, good to talk to you. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Grant. How are you? I'm well, thank you. It was sure good to see the Kings beat the Lakers last night. I mean, you know, they've been a nemesis for years and years. And I thought uh, for a while that LeBron was going to put it on his back and make the comeback. But the Kings, hang, they hung in there. They hung in there. And yep. they, they did the job. And so it just it's just such a refreshing to see him beat the Lakers. They're a better team than the Lakers, period. You know, LeBron did his part. He had a triple-double. Anthony Davis was horrible, uh, but the Kings are a better team than the Lakers. They beat them twice now in less than two weeks. They're just a better team, plain and simple. Right, right. So it's a bonus. He just seemed to get whatever he, I mean, whatever he wanted he, down there in the post. He seemed to just, you know, took AD to lunch and just did whatever he wanted to do. Destroyed him. Absolutely then, destroyed him. And then it's good to see Herder finally get on fire. Yeah, I mean, when Herder is shooting the ball like that, the Kings are so much better. Keegan Murray appears to be out of his slump. So, you know, everything's looking pretty good. The bench did not play well last night. Malik Monk was terrible. But right. you didn't need the bench last night because the starters were so good. Right. Well, that's all I had, Grant. And uh, you have a nice show. Thank you. Good hearing from you, Jeff. 
Appreciate that. My leadoff man, we get rolling right here. Who wants to be next? Raise your hand and we will put you right up on the screen. Don't forget again tomorrow, we'll have uh, a lot of content on my YouTube channel with the uh, the pre, post, and of course, halftime shows with Jerry Reynolds as the Kings take on uh, Victor Wembanyama and the struggling San Antonio Spurs. Tomorrow's just got to be an automatic win. It just has to. There's no excuse not to blow out the San Antonio Spurs. Now, you'll take a one-point win and move on to Dallas, but that game should not be close tomorrow. You know, there's no way the Spurs uh, should be able to play with the Kings unless the Kings allow them to, and I don't see that happening. I really don't. All right, again, who wants to be up next? Raise your hand. I'll put you right on. And again, if you want to talk about the game tonight or the Kings or the A's, uh, we'll do so. And we'll roll right along. If not, I'll make it a quick show. And then uh, don't forget that tomorrow we have all of our programming. So it's up to you. We get to Trent. Trent, welcome. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good, Grant. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I, I don't know if this is open forum Thursday or not, but the, the, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is going to be this weekend. And I just find it to be fascinating, the amount of promotion that they've done for that and the amount of sort of earth-moving thing that they've had to do to get ready for that race. They've had to gouge people to come there and spend money for tickets and also for hotel rooms. And I heard that there's going to be like a, uh, there might be a, a sort of a, a strike of some kind of the, uh, of the folks that work in the, uh, the bars and the hotels and stuff. It's just like, a, I'm wondering how big it's going to be and if it's going to be successful or not. Well, right now it's not successful at all because right now uh, everyone's saying it's been a disaster uh, hotel rooms are available for very cheap other than your high-end hotels like the Wynn and things of that Encore and uh, Bellagio. Uh, tickets are available for not a lot of money. Uh, a lot, the locals are pissed off. So I would say right now, and again, the race hasn't started yet. I would say right now it's been a disaster. Oh my God. Well, that's interesting because it's going to be, it's going to be held on Saturday night. I think the, the green flag drops at like uh, 10 o'clock PM Pacific time. It's just to be on probably a, a similar schedule for the people in Europe to watch it. But I, I don't know. It'll be interesting, and I'm thankful that it'll be on ABC Sports and not ESPN, So, like I originally thought. So, all right, Grant, we'll have a great show. Go Kings. Thanks a lot. Thank you. You know, again, I, based on what I've been hearing and what I'm reading, uh, up to this point, it's been a disaster. All right, let's get to John. John, welcome to the show. Hey, John. Grant, how are you? How are you, Grant? Can you hear okay, me? Buddy. Yep. What's up? Oh, well, first, that was a one fun game last night. I got to say, man, taking care of the Lakers and starting off in the first quarter and being up by 20, that that was fun to watch. It was That was one fun game to watch. And uh, your boy Ryan, he does an ass-kicking job on that pregame show. I got to give Ryan props. He does a great job. He answers all the questions. He brings up good points and answers good points he is doing a yep. great job i gotta commend him he is doing a great job. bringing him along yeah and well he's doing all the work uh he's doing a great job well hey you're handing off the reins to somebody who's uh taking over taking doing well um good job Thank on your you. part and good job on his part man um, as for that race this weekend holy crap every single race this year did max verstappen win every race yeah i know he won like the first pretty much seven yeah, pretty much. It's like men against boys. I mean, the races haven't even been competitive this year. That's the thing. They haven't even been competitive. Verstappen has won almost every race, and he does, he doesn't win by a second or two. 
He wins by like 20 seconds, 30 seconds. It's the most unbelievable thing. Every single week, it's unbelievable. It it absolutely is. That whole Red Bull team, and if it's not, it's almost always Red Bull guys like five of the first six cars, too. And Max Verstappen, I don't know why he's so good. I just don't understand it. But, man, he has been racing out of his mind. And like like we said a few weeks ago, it's it's not as fun to watch as it used to be. I used to w- watch Formula One, and it was fun. You Passing in corners and stuff, there's yeah. rarely even a pass anymore. You know, I mean, when was the last time you saw a pass? Well, you know, the, the Red Bull's got the best car, and Verstappen's in the best car, and that's why he's winning. Yep. Similarly to when Lewis Ham- Hamilton was winning every year, you know, Mercedes had the best cars. And so, you know, there is something to be said about that. But you're right. Uh, I have found... Uh, the races that I've watched this year to be very dull with not a lot of drama in them for sure. Yeah. And you know, I'm a fan of the Red Bull team and everything, you know, I, I like watching them race, but man, there's never any drama in it, but Hey, that that's what it is. Hey, I want to ask you, did you watch any of the Buffalo bills game on Monday? Yes. Uh, Yep. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. I watched damn near the whole thing too. Josh Allen blows me away. The one minute he looks fantastic. And then the next minute he'll just throw a moronic interception. I just, sometimes I just don't understand it. I don't understand what he's, what he's doing. I don't think you can win with him. I don't think you can win with him with how careless he is with the football. I really don't. I, I, I'm not even sure the bills are going to make the playoffs this year. I'm seeing the same thing. I'm seeing the same thing. I was watching a, a couple of years ago. I was telling they were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers and I got a buddy who's a big Steelers fan. And I say, yeah, check this, check this Josh Allen guy out, man. You're going to dig him. He's going to be around for a while. And we watch the game. He's all, damn, John, you're right. That guy, he's good. Now I watch him and I think, what happened? Is, is he even, is he even an NFL quarterback? It, oh, it he's an NFL ways. quarterback. No, no, no. He's yeah, an he NFL is. quarterback, but he just turns the ball over too much. Yeah. He's, he's just not what he used to be. He, he just isn't, man. That's about all I got right now, Grant. I just wanted to really give you high praise for everything you're Thank doing. You, buddy. And Ryan, high praise for everything he's doing. And I'm, I'm going to get back to work, and uh, I'm going to watch that game tonight. And tomorrow's going to yep. be fun. And I love I love uh, the Pro Sports Fan app. It's not always working for me. When it does, it's fun. When it does, it's great. But there's still a few glitches in it. I wasn't able to hop on it last night, but I know that some people did. So I'm going to keep at it. And uh, – Thank you, buddy. And you're gonna keep and you keep at it too, buddy. And we'll talk to you tomorrow or later on. Thank you, man. All right, appreciate it. Let's get to uh, Waggus right now. Waggus will join us here on Listen Up. What's up, Waggus? Uh, nothing, Grant. I wanted to uh, talk to you about Draymond Green suspension. I, I don't know if you've already commented on it. Um, you might have, but I, you know, me personally, I don't think five games was enough for somebody that's a repeat offender and you know the way he kind of carries himself and. You know, I, I understand he was trying to be there for his guy, but, you know, pushing him off a guy versus putting him into a chokehold for that long. I mean, I just want to get your take on that. Well, the league has a precedent that they have to follow when it comes to player suspensions because they are dealing with the union. So that's part of it. Uh, I think Draymond Green is an embarrassment to the league and professional sports. And I don't know how anybody roots for this guy. I've, I've been saying that for years now. Uh, Draymond Green is, to me, an example of what's wrong with professional sports in the sense that he continues to do uh, stupid things, say stupid things, call people uh, racist names, and nothing happens to him. And everybody in Golden State kisses his ass and turns ahead the other way uh, when he embarrasses the franchise 
year after year after year after year. That's how I feel about Draymond Green. Yeah, and, and, and I would even say last year, you're right, they didn't have chemistry because when you start off a season like that, when you punch your teammate, of yep. course. And I I would venture to say that Golden State might have had a couple more rings if it wasn't for Draymond or maybe at least one more ring. But I wanted to ask you, um, since you were obviously, you know, you were around the uh, David Stern era, uh, do you think things would have been different with his suspensions if David Stern was still at the helm? Not really, uh, because, again, you're dealing with uh, precedent and you're dealing with a players union. And when you suspend a player for an act of aggression on the court, you know, you, you can't just like say, oh, you're going to get 20 games because of what you did last year. Uh, your history does factor into it somewhat, but not by, you know, a large number of games. So, you know, the league has protocol they have to follow, precedent that they have to follow. And so there's only, you know, you, again, you're dealing with a very powerful union when it comes to player suspension. So yes and no, if that answers your question. And, 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 and would you say Ron Artest, or should I say Meta World Peace, when he went inside the stands? That kind that's, of different. The pres- oh, that's different. That's different because he went. That's totally different. That's different oh because now you're leaving the playing surface and you're dealing with violence against your paying customers and a brawl, and you're dealing with criminal acts as opposed to what is regarded as a part of sport. That What happened at the Palace, that's totally different. You cannot have your players going into the stands and start a brawl. That That's completely different than Draymond Green on Rudy Gobert. There's really no comparison there. Got it. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, buddy. All right, bye-bye. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls. We get back to uh, Trent. What's up, Trent? Hey, I, I heard that Johnny uh, was talking about uh, the Grand Prix this week. I'm sorry to bring it up again, but I went to a fabulous event last weekend, and it had some really historic Grand Prix F1 cars. It was called the Velocity Invitational at, at uh, Sears Point Raceway, and I really got some up-close and personal experiences with hearing the engines, seeing the famous people driving the cars, like Lewis Hamilton's uh, McLaren from 2008. It was great. So just wanted to say that there is hope in enjoying Formula One. If you go to like a historic race or something like that, there might be uh, historic uh, cars in, in in the mix over there. So, all right, Grant, thanks. I will, I'll stop talking about racing. So let's go. Right, thank you. Let's go Dolphins and Bill or Bills. Well, first of all, Formula One's not hurting. Okay, Formula One is an unbelievably popular sport all right so I, I didn't make it seem like formula one is not successful okay i mean that's that's going to be further from the truth all right i mean i i didn't i didn't say that i said that the race and everything that's gone into putting the race on in las vegas has at the moment turned out to be a disaster okay all right that's what i said all right, if you want to get in on the show, uh, raise your hand uh, and we will get to your phone calls. I'll watch the race this weekend because of the spectacle of Las Vegas and the fact that it hasn't been there in 40 years. And I always find road courses to be interesting. I thought the race, you know, in well, every year at Monte Carlo is fascinating to me. I, the NASCAR race 
in Chicago was pretty amazing. So, you know, I watched it this weekend. Al, welcome to the program. How are you? Nate, I'm back in the country, man. I was out in Mexico so, for, for about a 13 back. days. Thank you. I was, uh, didn't get arrested, so I did good. Uh, the weather was okay. It started a little rainy at first, but, boy, it was still warm and humid, you know. But, uh, well, it is, that, it is that part of the world. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, and I just want some catching up. I enjoyed the podcast, Contenders and Pretenders. Uh, you know, I like your take on, you know, several teams, you know, where your signature wins, like the Cowboys and the Dolphins. So so that's, that's I like that take. And I, for me personally, I think after last week, you know, I thought after Cincinnati really, really was impressive to me and beat a very good Niner team in San Francisco. I was hearing anointing the Bengals. I'm thinking, oh, they're them and the Ravens. And then both teams go out and lose their games. So I'm yeah. not really – I'm going to kind of – I'm on a wait-and-see thing. You know, Phillies, you've talked about Phillies' real tough remaining schedule, you know. And so I just right now, Philly, Niners, and I'd say Kansas City because I think their defense has really improved this year. But – and as far as – uh. The A's, you know, I grew up in the Bay Area, and I went to see the old Oakland A's with the Charlie Finley teams and those colorful teams in the 70s. And, you know, I don't blame the owner for moving them and with lack of attendance, but I'm going to respectfully disagree as far as the Coliseum to me was a terrible baseball uh, venue. I mean, the foul from the bait, from the foul line to, to the stands – on a foul ball, you know, you're talking about ugh, 20 to 25 yards. I mean, and it was just a run down in a bad area. I mean, I, I always think of the Giants when they were on that atrocious candlestick park. And they, there are times they couldn't draw flies out there. And then they finally moved to their beautiful ballpark on the, on the, on the waterfront, you know, and, and then the whole area, I, I wish the A's could have somehow pulled something off like that. I think just look, at, I always just say, look across the bay, you know, because the Giants stadium attendance really jumped when they opened up their new venue because it was family friendly to everybody, had things for the kids to do. But, you know, my take was, but, you know, hey, he wanted a new stadium on the waterfront. And you know the city, and nobody could agree. So you know he he got what he wanted in Vegas, and you know it's a sad day for A's fans. But at the same time, I you know they didn't get the support, like you said. I do think it would have gotten it would have improved if they could have got the stadium done, like the Giants did. Because I just saw the Giants attendance, even casual fans. Nate, I'm telling you, it would have improved to- for a while. But you know what, the Giants honeymoon ended. You know they 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 went from. You know, every every game packed to the place has been empty the last couple of years. You know, so I mean, everything changes when yeah. you're when the honeymoon period is over. If you don't put a good product on the field, people stop coming. So you're right; it would have helped the A's. It would have helped the city of Oakland for a while. But then, if the team was not competitive, fans would have stopped going to the games. So that that's true. There, but but you know, again, the A's fans, um, all I've heard from them over the years are excuses, excuses, excuses. And when the product was good and the team was Mm -hmm. good, the fans still didn't go to the games. So I can't really blame that on the owner. Yeah, I agree with you. I I do agree with that. And, you know, at the same time, you know, uh, and yes, the Giants attendance has fallen off the 
side of the earth, you know, because <laughs> they've gone, yeah. you know, yeah. bad. So. Yeah. And, you know, and one other thing, as far as you say, the Coliseum's in a bad area, how's it a bad area? You know, the vast majority of people drive their car, park into a secure parking lot. You get out of the game, you walk to your car and you drive home on a, on a, on an interstate. What's so dangerous about going to the A's games? I've taken Bart to the A's games. And, yeah. you know, maybe it's not the greatest way to get to the game, but I never felt unsafe going to the A's game on board. So I'll ask you, what's unsafe about going to an A's game? I've never, ever felt unsafe going to a Raiders game, a Warriors yeah. game, or an A's game, driving my car into a large parking lot that is secure, going to the game, coming out, getting into my car, getting on the interstate, and driving home. What's unsafe about that? Yeah, I I felt like some 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 part of Hagenberger Road, but you know I used to take the Bart up and walk across the long concourse there from the yeah, train. And you know you're right. It was as far as location. It was so I guess I probably miss missing. I'd have to agree, just re, retake take back my take because Candlestick on the other hand was it right on that point, and you had to drive to yeah. Hunter's Point, and then that was a four hour drive just to get out of it. It was horrible going to a game there. Yeah, I get so, it. I totally agree to, with you. And if you were at a Giants game in the evening, it was freezing. So I understand all of that. Yeah. Man, you got the, the craw, the candlestick, some kind of a, a that metal if you stayed uh, uh, extra innings game yep. the whole way. He <laughs> got, got a metal. But, and I'm just going to say I loved – I watched the Kings and – Man, you know, welcome back, Red Velvet. You know, he's a, oh man, he just was, he just, when his his stroke is falling, his shot's falling, it's just like, he looks like he can't miss. He has such a sweet shot. And that was so sweet. And then they started to come back because they're up 26, and I'm loving this. You're beating the Lakers in LA up by 26, and they really, I, you know, Keegan, I thought, did a good job on on, uh, Davis. I didn't get a chance to, Listen to you and Ryan last night. I was there was a, it's been busy since we got back. We only got back the other day, but uh, man, I, you know, even though he didn't put a, it wasn't big on the offensive side, but yeah, I, Red Velvet and De'Aaron Fox. You always have said this. He he's the catalyst for the Kings, and when he went had that injury, they, they were struggling, and I and and so you always were spot on about that and you know analysis. So thanks for taking my call. Good talking to you. Thank you and, it should be a good game tonight. I don't know who's going to win because I can't figure anybody out anymore, but take care. Yep, you too. Bye-bye. Yeah, good stuff right there. All right, let's get to uh, Cody right here on Listen Up. Hey, Cody, how are you? Good, Grant. How's it going? I'm good, buddy. Good to hear from you. Um, Grant, the, the Coliseum, it, it's not much different than uh, Candlestick Park used to be. And I think the Giants used to have crummy attendance too. Am I wrong? No, you're right. They, they did. They also had a lot yeah. of bad teams at Candlestick Park. They didn't have a lot of good teams during that run at Candlestick. That was also part of it. You know, they were they weren't they were very rarely good. They had the the one run there with uh, Dusty and you know when Will Clark that era. But you know they had a lot of bad bad years there. Okay, I, I think once they built uh, Pac Bell Park and uh, Ace fans got to experience that, they kind of figured well. It's better off going to Pac Bell Park than going to this uh, the Coliseum because the nicer amenities and the stuff outside. I think what Al was saying about the Coliseum in a bad location was there's there's nothing around there. If you were to walk outside on the street, all they got is a Denny's 
and a couple gas stations and a Burger King out there. Where if you leave uh, AT&T Park where the Giants play, there's all sorts of bars and restaurants now. Yeah, that's true. That, that there is there is that I would agree that um, that factors into it. I think that's uh, as, true. I, as far I, I as the location, I, I personally, I don't. I think that the vast majority of fans don't go to those venues, but it's nice if you want to. I think it makes a difference. Yes, I would agree with that. They got the train that goes there too, really close. But as the yep. BART goes to the Coliseum as well, which is very convenient, and it's right off the uh, Hegenberger exit, not far. Yep. It's a great location. They wanted to try to build it in Howard Terminal or Jack London Square. I thought it was fine where it was if they wanted to rebuild, but it just never happened. And I'm still going to be an A's fan. And it, the only advantage, I'll get to watch them on MLB.tv now. They won't black it out. Yep. But <laughs> otherwise, it's, it's a sad day for all A's fans. About how many games a year did you say you would go to? Oh, the the past couple of years or the, maybe five, 10 years ago? Uh, both. The, the, this year I went to two. Okay. What about maybe, last year? Uh, let's say like 2014, uh, 2013, 2012. Oh, 20, 30 games at least. That's good. It's like, it's like a 30, 40 minute drive from my house, but it's like a 15 minute work drive from my work. So okay. So let complete- me ask you during, during the years that you're talking about where the A's were competitive, and even past that, when they had, you know, they won the division, uh, they were winning 98 to 100 games, wild card in the playoffs, and you went to the games, and there weren't a lot of fans there. Did you ask yourself, gee, how come there aren't more fans here, or did you, that never entered your mind? It did. Um, I, I, my guess is it's more of a, a football and basketball town in the East Bay over there, more than baseball. Okay. That's that's my feeling. Yeah, you might be right. I, I mean, it's just unfortunate. I feel bad for fans like you and the hardcore fans. I, I just didn't think there were enough of them. And as you said, you know, if you had gotten a ballpark, maybe that makes a difference. I'm with you. I think that they they I would have been fine with if they could have figured out a way to keep the ballpark where it is. I do think there were a lot of positives to that location. But it just seemed like every time that was brought up, that was a non-negotiable item that it was not going to be there. So it's very, very disappointing for the city of Oakland now to go from three professional franchises to none. I mean, that's terrible. Yeah. And um, Grant, you were saying if if the A's had a different owner, it wouldn't make a difference. I I think like it would not make a difference in this way. The owner, a, a new owner, in my opinion, would not come in and spend a ton of money on the team without fans going to the game. That's what I meant. I don't, I don't, I don't think it really would have made a difference. I don't because the owner be John before John Fisher, he still didn't go to the game. So why would it make a difference now that John Fisher's leaving? If that were the case, just maybe resign a few guys rather than trade them before their arbitrations. Yeah. Over. But how are you going to resign players if you don't have any money because the fans don't support your team? You have a horrible radio and TV deal. You don't have any revenue. You don't have any sponsors. You don't have fans going to the game. What What are you going to use? Are you going to go out and just go into your own bank account and spend your own money on on players? I mean, very few owners do that, Cody. Very uh, few owners do that. Wolf is making a hundred million just for owning the team and profits per year. I was told, just for having them. Well, so he's he's not losing any money. I I feel like and, if they had another owner that could re-sign a couple guys 
maybe get some mediocre baseball players that have name a little bit of name recognition. Maybe a few. Every more time fans. the A's have had a player, which every every year that the players have gotten a player with name recognition, all right, whether it's John Lester in a trade or whatever oh. you want to say, the A's fans still didn't go to the games. You couldn't even go to the games when the playoffs were on. They didn't even they didn't even open the up the upper deck, Cody, when you had a playoff game. It was embarrassing. Okay, and you had 98, 99 win seasons, divisional, you know, and. You, you still didn't go to the games. I don't mean you personally. I'm talking about the fan base still didn't go to the games. So, you know, at some point, Cody, at some point, there was no light at the end of the tunnel in Oakland. I don't know when we got to that point, but that's where we're at now. The city was not any closer to being able to come up with a viable stadium plan. Okay. Yes. In this regard, the owner did not do what he needed to do to make it happen as well. So he does. Obviously, he's not absolved of all the blame. But, you know, where, Cody, where's the city when the city when you really needed the city like you needed the city of Sacramento and Mayor Kevin Johnson? Where was the leadership in Oakland to get this done? They could never do it, Cody. They could never do it. Yeah. Mayor Kwan or Libby Shaft, they, they yep. say they they say they were trying, but the reality is they, they weren't really interested is my gut feeling. I agree with you. I, um, I totally agree with you. Did that. Yeah, when they played the the Rays, I went to that wild card game. The first batter hit a home run and it quieted the crowd. But it took me like usually a fifteen minute drive from my work. It took me three hours just because all the the cars, the people go in there. So yeah, they can come. I was at the game versus the Giants. They had a record crowd, fifty five thousand. I was up in Mountain Davis. Yeah, but how many of those fans were Giants fans? A uh, good portion. There you go. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Both teams were good I mean, at the here's time. Here's the other deal, Cody. I used to go to the Yankee A's games all the time. There were very few A's fans and 80% Yankee fans. Red Sox would come to town. Very few A's fans. 80% Red Sox fans. I mean, yes. Giants fans. Same thing. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. The The thing that bothers me, too, is the parking. Uh, it's $30. I, I think that's a yeah. little steep. I drove down to the Angels game in Anaheim, and it was $10 parking. Yep, and it, they spend a lot more on their payroll than the A's. I don't understand that. I agree with you. No, I'm, I'm not defending that, Cody. There's no defense to that. It was absurd. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, it started. It really bothered me when they traded Jason Giambi back uh, to the Yankees, or he they didn't resign yep. him. I forget how it happened. Yep, they didn't. Yep, exactly. And I was like, I wow, these you, guys, they just guys can't keep anybody. And Grant, uh, no, they can't. Shot, Sean Payton's doing a good job with the Broncos. I'm really happy with him as the coach now. It seemed like that come from behind victory in Chicago started to turn the fortunes of this team around. Uh, they really, I thought, had no business winning that game, and they eked it out at the end, and they've been playing better since then. We'll see. They got a very interesting game this weekend against uh, Minnesota, who's been on a roll. Do you know that if I told you that Minnesota – would be four and one without Justin Jefferson and yet couldn't win a game with him on the field. You would say, no way. Isn't that interesting? They lose their most prolific dynamic player, arguably the best receiver in football. And they don't, they don't, they get better. They don't get worse. That's very hard for me to understand. It's incredible. I, I can't understand. I can't understand that either. He, he's ramping up though. I'm not sure if he's going to play this week. 
Yeah, I, I don't I haven't seen the latest injury report, so I, I don't know what his status he's, is. But he's been practicing, so we'll see. Yep. Yeah, I know he was questionable. I gotta it look is, at it today. And it's a standalone game too, so which will be nice Sunday night. Yeah, that is nice. I agree with you. Cody, good hearing from you, buddy. Yeah, take care, Grant. I'll see you. All right, bye bye. Good call right there. Hey, folks, I want to talk to you about Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. i got to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. That is until I found Z-Biotics. Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Z-Biotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Z-Biotics your first drink of the night. Drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. And again, I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then I was at a birthday party. Uh, my buddy and his wife had rented out a restaurant, and I had a couple of drinks, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot tonight. And you know what, folks? Believe me, it is the real deal. Vacations, weddings, birthdays, reunions. Hey, there's so much going on, right? Get the most out of your spring plans by stocking up on pre-alcohol now. Go to zbiotics.com slash grant to get 15% off your first order when you use grant at checkout. Zbiotics is back with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, go to zbiotics.com slash grant. Use the code grant at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Good show today. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow, pregame, halftime, postgame. Pro sports fans as well. So uh, we got you covered tomorrow for the Kings uh, and the Spurs. All right, let's get to uh, Dorian. Dorian, welcome to the show. How are you? Grant, so sorry to get on late. I wanted to... No, it's good. No, thank you so much, Grant. I hope everyone's having a great day. I wanted to ask you, Grant, um, what do you... I know I know you like to go in five-game increments in regards to the you know Washington Kings. What In, the, in, in these last 10 games, uh, what do you think of the team so far? How do you how, how, how would you assess, besides those two, two bad games against the Rockets, uh, what do you think of the team so far? Uh, up until the Oklahoma City game and Cleveland games, I would have graded them out at a C. Um, I was not happy with a lot of aspects. Sure. But I think now um, they're playing as well as they did at any point last year. And I think they're going to be really difficult to beat as long as De'Aaron Fox is on the floor. I like the depth. Uh, I like how... When everyone's gelling the way they are right now, this team is very difficult to beat. Very yeah. difficult to beat. I think what really stands out for me so far is watching Keegan and Kevin play defense a little bit. I mean, you could definitely tell there's been some improvements. I don't know if yep. that's just staff. I don't know if that's just, 
you know, kind of like it's kind of clicking for them where they, they know where, the, where, where to be. At. I mean, the amount of deflections, the amount of turnovers that, that they're receiving. I, I mean, what, what do you think that, that, that attests? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's been a big, big, uh, I think it's been an improvement. I think both individually and team defense, I still think the glaring weakness that this team has is their backup point guard. Sure. And if the Aaron Fox gets hurt again for any period of time, you're going to go right back to where you were when you couldn't beat Houston. And not that Houston's a bad team. That's not the point I'm trying to make, but you weren't competitive. Monty McNair needs to go out, in my opinion, and solidify, you know, Ellis is not the guy. Uh, Mitchell's not the guy. Yeah. They're role players. They're not starters. And when you don't have Fox and you're asking those guys to step in and run the team, they can't do it. Yeah, totally. I, I I've been seeing a lot of comments about Kings fans, you know, asking, "Oh, what's next for Davion?" And I think this is his first time in, in a Kings uniform where he's had two straight DMPs. And from my perspective, it's like, "Hey, man, this is it's only ten games in the season. Keon more than likely isn't going to have a stellar game all the time. Davion's going to get his time, but when Davion gets his time, he just needs to prove that he's a better player." In my perspective, I think Davion Mitchell is a better player than Keon Ellis. I just think their Keon right now is bringing a different type of energy that is somewhat gelling with the team. Would you agree agree with that? Here's the way I look at it. The last two games have arguably been the best two games of the year for Sacramento. Yes. Okay? Davion did not play in those two games. Now, I'm not saying that's why, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay? The Kings have not missed Davion Mitchell one second in the last two games. Yeah. Okay. Him not playing has not impacted the team in any negative way, shape, or form. And that's the way too. That's the way it is. That you know, Dorian. It's professional sports. That's the way it is. It's a results-based league. I mean, you know, these guys are professional, yes. right? Like they're going to yep. get the time. It's a long season, but when you're on the floor, you got to make the mess of your minutes. I mean, if you're trying to play a half-court offense, and Mike Brown is telling you to go fast, and you're not doing that, I mean, it's only going to be a matter of time before the next guy steps up and takes your position, takes your spot. It's a business. And Dory, you play college football. You know these things. There are things that go on within the walls of a team that no one knows about. Okay. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying that's the case with Davion, but maybe he got into a beef with uh the coach. Maybe yeah. he's in the coach's doghouse right now. There are all these things that happen behind the scenes that fans never know about. Okay. And then they come to these, you know, asinine conclusions about why an individual should be playing or should not be playing when they only have part of the story. So yeah. I've always said this, when you don't see a player that's playing, who's been playing every game for his whole career, very often there are other factors other than what you see with your eyes. And especially in college, I mean, I could tell you so many stories about my locker room, you know, with 50 plus guys, you know, yeah. I, was a third, I was a third string guy, but there's levels to secrets. There's levels to, yes. to not knowing things, right? The starters, the, the ones they have their own little community. The twos, they have their own little community, and the threes, they don't really get a lot of information because they're out. They're not. They're they're not playing. They're on. They're on the practice squad. You know. So there's levels to to knowing you know. yep. knowing things. Yep. What do you yep. think? You know. Uh, yeah, for sure. What do you think? How how do you think this matchup with Sabonis and Wembenyama is going to go? Well, Victor Wembenyama has had probably two good games since he's been into the league. He's actually been very disappointing in a lot of other games. So. I don't think it's going to be an issue. I, I think that Sabonis is going to have a huge game. Yeah. I mean, the Kings, Dorian, the Kings should destroy San Antonio. Yeah. They should destroy them. 
I mean, the game shouldn't even be close. Totally. No, I, I would agree. Especially, I don't think the Spurs' defensive is is very good this year. Is that correct? No, it's very correct. Yes. Yeah, totally. All right, Grant. Well, thank you so much for the call. I really appreciate you. Good Bye. hearing from you, Dorian. Always a pleasure. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, the game should not be close tomorrow. Plain and simple. It should not. I know Ryan was talking about, you know, and he's right. You know, the Kings always seem to play to the level of their competition. I think they're beyond that right now, to be honest with you. We'll, we'll find out tomorrow, I guess. All right. Thanks for joining me, everyone. You take care. Enjoy Thursday Night Football. Should be a good one. Bengals and Ravens. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.